Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. In episode 18, I was able to sit down and chop it up with one of my childhood friends about not only the game of basketball and his experiences through the game of basketball, but we was also able to talk about a very important health topic and health issue. With that being said, episode 18 will be dedicated to the memory of Zeke Upshaw, who passed away this past Monday. Stay tuned for the Off the Glass podcast. Welcome to the Off the Glass Podcast. This is your host, Z, bringing you a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. We're back again, and uh, this week I'm joined by one of my really good friends, one of my good childhood friends. Uh, his name is Joel Bullock. He went to South Shore High School in Chicago, Illinois, University of Illinois at Chicago, UIC here in Chicago. Played overseas, coached, works with kids, done it all. Uh, definitely one of the guys in Chicago that gets talked about a lot when we talk about this game of basketball. Uh, today, I just wanted to kind of bring him on. We're going to, you know, reflect kind of on the basketball here in Chicago and the childhood years, but we also want to get into a serious health topic here. So without further ado, Joel Bullock. How you doing today, Joe? What's up, Zach? What's going on with you, man? Another day, man. Just kind of waiting for this, you know, weather to anxiously break here in Chicago, man. But just enjoying this all day, man. Glad you had some time for us. And, um, you know, just real quick, man, you know, what you what you been up to recently, man, as far as the game of basketball? Oh, you know what? Uh, a couple years ago, man, I was uh, the director of basketball for uh, Chicago, the Chicago Public League. And, uh, man, you know, I just still try to stay around the game and, you know, still try to help some kids out, still try to get kids in college, you know, just kind of try to be that bridge for some of the kids who need that extra help. So my son is, uh, I got a little son, he's nine, so he's, you know, he's starting to try to get into the basketball thing. He ain't there yet, but, you know, we're working with him. We're working with him. That's what's up. I mean, that's that's kind of the age around, you know, we kind of started playing, you know, and I alluded to, you know, playing small for our basketball. And, you know, that's kind of how we met, you know, just playing in my backyard. And then, you know, my dad started the team or whatever and asked if he wanted to play. Um, that was very big for us back then. And, I mean, it's still going on today, but nowhere near at the level it was when we was coming up. Um, what does something like a small for our basketball uh, mean to you and, you know, really mean to the city of Chicago? Honestly, man, small for our meant everything to me. Um, you're right. So I stayed on 83rd and Oversby. It was a little corner store on 83rd. I'm coming by. I remember you having, I mean, we grew up together, but I remember before I met you, I, I want to say it was a Charlotte Hornet jacket. It was yep. something like that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you had like, you had like a Charlotte Hornet jacket, had the fresh gear on. I see your dad coming out looking like a coach. He had a whistle on and I'm like, man, who was that dude? And I ain't never think nothing of it. I just walked past. I just walked past. And then your dad ended up coming. 
to my elementary school because his cousin worked there. And that was all she wrote. Before you know it, I'm in the backyard. We playing. We doing small fry. We we hanging out. I mean, he was basically you. Were, you were like I got I got a younger brother, but you know my my younger brother sometimes he does his own thing. But you were on the same thing as I was. So you was like that little brother. And your dad, your dad for me, he was like that father figure. So for me, him getting me in the small fry was everything because. Some of the best players in Chicago basketball during the time when I played, they all played small fry. Like, you know, guys like Bobby Smith, Matisse Brown, um, Edward McDaniel, um, you know, Earl Brown, Kevin Williamson. I mean, the, the list could go on and on. Um, if you play small fry basketball, you had some of the best handles and you had toughness. For me, small fry also gave my opportunity the first I got my first opportunity to go out of town, mm. uh, like on, on a basketball trip. That's when we went to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we went, <laughs> we went to New Jersey, and we had to be on that. I'm gonna say that bus ride might have been 13 hours or something like that. Yep. Yep. And I, I, and I have to be honest, uh, Kozak was like, "Man, it's 150 dollars to go. You know, that's all you gotta have. You're gonna be out of school for a week." I said, "All right, cool." I didn't have that hundred fifty dollars though, so you know your dad. Your dad came around like I got it. Don't worry about it. Uh, but the best thing that I learned from Small Fry is we also played teams from around the world. Right. That was right. the thing. So different cultures. That's what I saw, and I was like, wow, it was un, it was unbelievable to me. And then being on a bus with those guys and staying in a hotel and going out to eat. And I was only 12 years old. So, and you know, I participated in a three-point competition. I think we might have took six. Some of our players got sick on the bus because they left the window open. Mm-hmm. But I, it, 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 it was great because I got a chance. These guys I grew up with. So these guys I played against in high school. Some of these guys I played against in college. And it all started from small fry where I was able to build this relationship with some of these kids. So small fry was like the best thing for my development. You know what? And... It, it, it kind of to me got overrun by AAU, and um, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. I just feel like Small Fry was just different, and obviously the main difference was we played on an eight foot six rim, and you played with a girl's ball. And a lot of people used to criticize, well, it'll mess your shot up. Uh, I don't know about you, but for me, it didn't mess my shot up. If anything, it kind of helped me develop a really good shot like because I know you play grammar school ball I play grammar school ball so it was like during the week we would play on a 10-foot rim and then really on the weekend we would play on the 8-foot-6 rim and it wasn't a hard adjustment but you 100% right all the top guards even in the suburbs uh, around the city you know a lot of uh, even you know you've seen some of the, the young ladies you know I played against uh, go on and do great things it just seemed to always produce some of the best guards you know it was just a game of guards, and even if you fast forward it now, it's still the case now. You know, most recently in our city, uh, Chase Adams that went to Orr High School, he just won state. I'm, I'm not mistaken, I'm almost 100% sure he plays small fry. I know you got Tyler Euless for the that went to Kentucky that plays for Phoenix, he plays uh-huh. small fry. So, you know, it's just always been a, a level of guards, and it was just an early show of um, getting involved with uh, competition. But yeah, man, it was a, a, a great experience, and you know, it's something I think that young black men needed, and it had a, it was definitely filling a void at that time. I know that's why my father enjoyed doing it so much. 
I mean, it's, it's so funny when I when I hear small fry and I think about some of the guys that play. I think of somebody like Cordell Henry, right? Right. Cordell Henry, I I didn't even realize at that time he was like two year two years younger than I was. So I'm in seventh grade, right. he in fifth grade, right? But he battling with us, and I'm like, and then we get in high school, and I'm like, this dude is one of the top point guards in the country, exactly. Like, and, and, and the rim didn't matter. The rim didn't matter if you could shoot the three. It was that camaraderie that you was able to build with some of the players. It was it was that it was that every Saturday we go on to West Pullman, and it's, the gym is filled with a hundred kids. And, it was the relationship building that I love the most about small parts. Even to this day, you know, some of us had different career paths as far as basketball goes. But, like, if people knew you and, you know, especially if you was good, like, you could see them now as us being grown men. And it's just like a, a fraternity that you're a part of. You know, people just really embrace that time. And some people, you know, I was fortunate because of my height to play five to six years. Some people only had that one year. Like, you had that one year. But it was like a lifetime of experience of things that you wouldn't forget in relationships that you built going forward. So, yeah, it's definitely a positive thing. I think it's something that I'm glad it's still going on. I wish we had a, a few more teams than um, like, like we had back then. But, you know, with that being said, you know, there's been a lot of criticism here in Chicago about where we are as far as basketball. And um, you actually got to see it firsthand being in, in charge of the public league here in Chicago is is that fair criticism? Is it is it different? Um, is there things that need to be changed? Um, what what did you see in your in your experience? Well, you know, Chicago. It's just kind of it's just it's kind of with the trend now. The trend now is AAU basketball. The trend now is is is, is about winning state championships. See, back when I was coming up, it was all about the city championship. The city mm-hmm. championship was was bigger than us in the in, in Chicago than the state championship. You know, it was like, you we wanted to win six. And then you kind of get down there, you know, one team can kind of make it down there, and, you know, there's that other. But, but for me, it's that AAU basketball piece. It's the, the kids transferring to these different schools because it's about winning, right? It's about winning. But how it used to be is you went to school in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You went to school in your neighborhood, and, you know, you might have a guy that went to Collins who averaged 28 points a game, but nowadays that kid went to Collins, Collins is probably not the best team, so that kid is going to transfer to Oral. He's going to transfer to Whitney Young. And then you're going to have all these kids from different sectors who are transferring to play on this one powerhouse team. Like mm-hmm. uh, like you look at Simeon. Simeon right. got guys who are not even playing basketball who could probably be all city. they just walking through the hallway. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so so it's it, it just it's just it's just the mindset is different now. It's like you know, back in the days, we wanted to just go to the nearest park district and play. Right. You know, now you have to go to these certain places to be able to play and perform. It's like you played in your neighborhood. You 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 met your friends in your neighborhood. You went to school in your neighborhood. I mean, you 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 played basketball at your neighborhood school. So now it's not like that. So things are, are a little different. So, you know, kind of kind of being over basketball for the Chicago Public Schools, it was it was it was tough because the job is, is very political. It's very political, um, because everybody wants to try to get a leg up on mm. someone else. Everyone's trying to get a leg up on someone else. And it's great because, you know, you got the guy who's running now, Tony McCoy. He's running, he's doing a fantastic job. 
with, with, with being able to run it and put things in place. For me, it started to just be too much for me. Okay. It started to just be too much for me, and because it, it, you just, it, it just, you kind of lose what's important to the game. Skill development is important to the game, right. and I, I, I feel like a lot of these coaches are not putting that time in with skill development. Like my issue, I don't have an issue with AAU basketball. My issue is, let's just look at one week. In a week's time of AAU basketball, you're gonna play six or seven games, and you're gonna have two practices. Right. That's not how it should be. Right. It should be six or seven practices and maybe two games because it's about the skill development. Because then some of these kids go on and they go to colleges, the the skill set is not where it should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. 100%. So, so yeah. So for me, it's like it's like it's like it's kind of what the it's kind of what it is. So like with my son, I spent a lot of time in the gym with him to understand footwork, understand defense, understand how to think the game. Right. right now, you you can make it. You can make it in the game if you blessed, if you tall, if you can, you know, if if you were able to handle the ball, you can shoot. But you didn't. You, you being able to put that work in the game is different. Guys don't put that work in like they used to. No, they don't. And then when you kind of you know say that kind of stuff, you come across as the the old guy that's hating on the young guys. It's just it's not that we're hating. It's just that we want to see them do. Um, the best that they can do. And the fact that they playing all those games, the point I always bring up is why this is why they're getting hurt so much too because their body is changing, their body's development. You're not necessarily eating the best food and, you, and um, you're not having a chance to rest. And then you go out here and you playing what amounts to almost an NBA schedule from your freshman year on, especially if you're a really good team. I mean, they had on ESPN, you had the guys just playing the McDonald's All-American game, then fly out. And now they back with their prep schools of different teams. Now they playing for the national championship. You know, it's just it's just too much of that going on. And to your point, you know, it was very important to kind of play for your neighborhood. You know, it was a sense of pride. You know, it was like bragging rights. And it wasn't like you wasn't, like, cool with some of the other guys from other areas because, like, it was a camaraderie. But it meant something to stay where you were and kind of go to your school and, and you know uh, – help your school get on the map. And, you know, the city championship meant everything because people who are outside our city didn't know this. You know, only one city school went downstate. So you had to win city anyway just to get downstate. Right. And now they got these these four classes, and it's almost like they're giving out participation trophies, and that's a whole other discussion for another day. But, you know, it's just, like you said, it's like we're quickly churning out these players to get them on to the next level so we can get our return back with these shoe contracts and all this other stuff going on. And we're not valuing the player and valuing the kid and helping to develop into not only players but positive young men. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey there, are you enjoying the podcast? If so, make sure to head over to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. And become a follower of the Off The Glass Podcast. You can also head over to my website, The Off The Glass Podcast, where I have several blogs already written. Make sure to read, comment, and finally, make sure to head over to Facebook.com. Search Zach Ramey. Follow the page, The Off The Glass Podcast. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to grow this thing. Now back to the show. Yeah, so with that being said, you know, um, I called you, you know, you talked to me and, it, you know, we hadn't talked in a while, but, you know, I immediately thought about you, you know, our hearts are heavy here in Chicago. 
Um, it's made national news at this point. But, um, you know, we lost Zeke Upshaw, uh, age 27, positive young man from the city, went to University uh, Chicago Lab School, uh, was actually one of their first major recruits, went on to Illinois State, then from Hofstra, and then was, you know, just really trying to pursue his dream of playing basketball, was in the G League, and, you know, tragically he collapsed on the court this past Saturday night and passed away. And um, the autopsy was released, so it was what we thought. Uh, he went into cardiac arrest, and it looks like he might have had what's known as a slightly enlarged heart. And um, a lot of people don't know this because you're a very private guy. Some of the guys close to the game and from the city knows this, but you actually, you know, had heart issues. And um, I'm not, I don't know the whole extent, even though I've known you for a long time. I just know you had the surgery. So I'm not even 100% sure if you was diagnosed before or after, but you know, this is a very serious topic. And, you know, a lot of days, a lot of time nowadays, we even looking at guys after they're done playing, whether it's diet related or just whatever. A lot of these NBA players like just passing away from from heart issues, whether it was like Anthony Mason recently or um, Moses Malone. So I just kind of wanted to just kind of bring you on because you experienced it. Um, when did you first realize you uh, had issues with your heart? Man, I can start from the beginning, man. I, okay. I went to uh I went to uh Burma Elementary School, seventy third and Jeffrey. And uh, we were you know, we had a we had a powerhouse. Yes y'all did. Uh, <laughs> yes y'all we had did. we had a squad like, you know, Prentice Baker, Marlo Miles. We had uh we had a lot of guys on that team that could that could play. So I had asthma. I had so let me just say this between my Seventh grade and eighth grade year, we went seventy-eight and five. Wow! We went, we went, we went seventy-eight and five. Um, I was I was amped up to play the game of basketball, but I had asthma. I had asthma, and I always noticed that my heart used to be kind of funny. And I'm like, man, go to the doctor. Doctor said, "Oh, don't worry about it. That's just from your asthma spray." It's just when your asthma spray, it makes your heart beat a little faster. I'm like, okay, so I will, I will keep playing. Keep playing. Went to high school, ended up going to Hales Franciscan for uh, three years. Uh, played ball in the Catholic League. It was cool. But then I wanted to play in the public league. So I ended up transferring to South Shore my senior to play with Paul McPherson, one of the best players I've ever been around, mm-hmm. ever. He's one of the mm-hmm. best players ever. Uh, and I would take my asthma spray there. Asthma, my heart would start, it would be racing during games. I'm like, man, what's this? Now, you know, I, I got to admit, my, my, my mom didn't have that much money, so we was like on public aid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to see the best doctor. So, again, my heart would be racing. I went on uh, and played at, um, I went on and played at Malcolm X Junior College. I was ranked the number two player in the country after my freshman year. I had an episode of the game. Now my heart was acting up. This time, I felt like I was going to faint. But I said, man, I felt like I was going to faint. I'm like, man, you know, but I kept playing. I just figured I was fatigued. Mm-hmm. So uh, after playing at Malcolm X, I got a scholarship to play at uh, UIC. Um, playing at UIC, I tore my ACL. I tore my ACL uh, right before the season. I had to sit out my first year. I had to reassure my first year. Second year, right before the uh, school year was getting ready to start, I tore my ACL in August. So my ACL, after I came back from saying my ACL, right when I'm getting ready to play my, start my college at, at UIC playing, 
I'm playing and I felt my heart acting up. Now, this is different now. I've always felt my heart acting up. The difference was I'm at UIC. They got some of the best doctors at UIC. Right, right. They go, they go, they go and do some tests. They do some tests on me. They said, man, you have an irregular heartbeat. Said, I never heard this. They said, yeah, you have an irregular heartbeat. So they, they had to do the EKG. I had to get on the machines. Hey, real quick, right real quick, as far as you understand it, let the people know what's an irregular heartbeat because you hear that term a lot, but what does that really entail? far as your understanding so so i'm gonna I'm explain i mean uh, it's uh it's where your heart starts to be faster it's okay. where your heart starts to be fast it's where your heart starts to be fast but i'm gonna explain what my situation was i had okay. something totally different okay i had something totally different so and when i went to the um so at uic they did the test they said man we're gonna have to probably do a heart surgery i'm like wait a minute how does this go from my heart beating a little bit to now right. we got to do heart surgery? Right. Around this time, I remember like Reggie Lewis dying on the court. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, what was it? What was the guy that went to uh, the uh, Loyola Marymount? Hank Gathers. And real Hank quick, Gathers. real quick during my research for this, he actually had a younger cousin years later at seventeen. The same thing happened to him while doing a high school tryout at seventeen. He collapsed on the court and died from a heart issue. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so, so I go. So now I got to get ready to have this procedure. They doing this procedure like where where they they have to do this this heart surgery on because they they not sure what it was. Okay. They go in. They do the they do the procedure. They come back and they say, "Man, you good now." This procedure might have happened February twenty seven. I know dates. February twenty seven, nineteen ninety nine. Okay. I had this procedure done on my heart. They said, uh, "Man, you good." Don't worry about it. You'll be able to play. I'm like, okay. So that was that was the end of that. So I'm back to playing. So now my, my first year at UIC is just about done. So now I'm preparing for the summer. I'm getting ready for the year. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's get this going. So I'll start my second year at UIC. We get ready to play against Northern. We get ready to play against Northern Illinois. And I'm in the locker room. And I'm getting amped up for the game. And I felt my heart acting up again. I'm like, wait a minute. We just, they already just did the surgery initially. Right. I said, man, okay. Okay, let me just be cool. I ain't going to trip too much. So one of the players said to me, like, man, you good? I was like, yeah, I'm good. He went to the coach. He went to the coach. He said, man, something wrong with Joel. Something wrong with him. And I felt my heart. It wouldn't stop. My heart wouldn't stop, you know, beating fast. I said, okay. So I played the game. Okay. I played the game after the game was over with. Coach said, man, is your heart acting up again? And I just kind of broke down. I was like, yeah, coach, it's acting up again. We got back, went to the doctor. They tested my heart again. They said, man, we got to do another procedure on you. Wow. So I'm like, come on, another procedure? So they did a second procedure. But the second procedure, they said it's going to be different from the first thing because it can't be what it was the second time because I have this thing called I, well, well, let me let me just finish. So I'll tell you what it was because they didn't find okay. it out the after the second procedure. So the second procedure, they tried something different. During this during the second procedure, well, before the second procedure, my mom and my grandma they're in the hospital room. We laughing and joking. Like, ah, what if I flatline? We just, you know, it was like, nah, that that would never happen. Don't worry about it. During the procedure, I flatlined. Wow. Uh, I think I was out for maybe 15, 20 seconds. They had to shock, they had to shock me back. 
when I came back, they told me, uh, I go to my, my, my room, the doctor told me, we sorry to tell you this, you'll never be able to play again, we're going to put a pacemaker in your chest. I wow. said, wait a minute, wait a minute, praise me. They said, you have this thing called uh, Wolf Parkinson's White. Hmm. That's what it's called. Wolf Parkinson's White. Hmm. So Wolf Parkinson's White is basically, uh, it's, 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 with, uh, it's like with your electrical currents in your heart. Okay. In, your electrical, uh, in your heart, you have like, uh, it's like, it's supposed to be two electrical currents. One that makes your heart go boom, the other makes your heart go boom. So that's why you had a boom, boom. Okay. Boom, boom. Okay. Boom, boom. I had three. I had three electrical currents in my heart. Wow. So sometimes it will slip into the third electrical current, I which will make it go boom, boom, boom. 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 So it will slip in and then it will slip out. Okay. So the procedures that they were doing, they were going in to try to burn the third, uh, uh, current out of my heart, so I just had a regular two current. So, the second procedure that they did on me, it was something totally different, which made me flatline. Okay. So when I came, so when I came back, the doctors told me, Joel, you won't be able to play no more. Pacemaker your chest, you're just gonna have to go to school. I said, Wow. Okay. Cool. No problem. So they said, But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna walk you around with a. a, a we're going to walk you around with a heart monitor just to see, you know, how how you feel and what's going on. So the team went to Puerto Rico. We went to Puerto Rico. I'm sitting there because I had some accolades, and it was like, this is my year. I'm be one of the best guys right. in the conference. Right. But I had this heart monitor on. I had this heart monitor on. So I'm sitting there, and uh, they said, we don't know if, it's ever, if, it's, if your heart is ever going to be like that because the first procedure we did, we thought you were good. We tried the second procedure. You flatlined. Your heart is not strong. Right. I said, all right, so we're in Puerto Rico. They said, if you feel an episode, press the button. Okay. I press the button if I feel an episode. So we're in Puerto Rico. I end up feeling my heart acting up again. I said, oh, man, it's acting up again. I press the button. When I press the button, it's recording the, the my heart. Got you. It's recording my heart. Press the button, start to record my heart. I think it was over with. I'm in Puerto Rico. They have to send the 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 whatever it was from my, the the read that they got on the heart monitor. We have to press the button on the phone to send the read back to back to the state. Okay. So they okay. can find out exactly what it was. Because remember, they never knew this stuff was happening because right. they never could have. They never had a heart monitor on me. Gotcha. To say where it was coming from, what it could possibly be. So all the proceedings that they were doing, it was just speculation. Okay, okay. So when I sent the read back to Chicago over the phone, they got it. They said we need to test it. That we need to test it. They called me back two years, two days later, and they said, "Man, Joel, we have to tell you, man, it's not what we thought it was." We wow. said, "What?" <laughs> they said, "Man." Joel, uh, you're going to come in, you're going to have another surgery so we can really get it this time. I'm like, come on, man. So now this is about to be three heart surgeries in, in a year. So. I, did, I did not know you had three heart surgeries, bro. This is, wow. Wow. <laughs> three heart surgeries in a year's time. So now I'm doing this heart surgery. Uh, this is January 3rd, 2000. So I had my first surgery, February 27, 1999. Second surgery, December 11th. 
But but here's what people don't realize. This what I this what I stopped playing basketball at 23 years old. Right. So when my name was in those conversations, I was only 18, 19 years old. Yep. Right. Yep. And when I when I played the pro am, it was only three high school players playing at the time. Yep. Myself, Paul McPherson, and Ronnie, and Fields. Ronnie Fields. That's it. Yep. So I I made my I made my name at a, as an 18, 19 year old. Now, if I was still play, able to play ball at 28, 29 years old, yeah, I would have been playing at the pro am. Yeah, I would have been named one of the, the best players ever, you know. But I made my name at 18, 19 years old. My thing is, I challenge some of these guys like who played in Chicago. At 18, 19 years old, how big was your name? Because at, at 18 years old, I was rated the number two player in the country in yeah. junior college. I was rated the number two player in the country. The only person who was ranked ahead of me was Sean Marion. So my thing is that eight and I was putting work in in the pro am. I just I just would like to challenge guys at eighteen years old. Man, how big was your name? You know what, Joe? And I think we came up in that last era of no social media, no internet, and again, you had to really just go out and be in these areas and play. Now you you're four years older than me, so like I, I always remember it like this. When I was a freshman in high school, you and like Earl were like seniors in high school. So like y'all was always uh-huh. a little bit older than me. But I remember always being there and being around and going to different gyms. And it was just different. Like you had to really get out and put this work in. It wasn't like you just go kill one tournament on the weekend and you could put what you did and then everybody kind of, you know, follow you and you get this buzz. Or as they say nowadays, you get this clout. And it's not knocking the guys, but I think what gets lost is it's like people like yourself and even guys before you that don't, they names don't get brought up. Y'all put that work in and laid the groundwork to allow these guys to be able to do what they do. And sometimes what happened is we forget the pioneers or the trailblazers and only want to acknowledge what's in our face right now. Or we kind of want to just ride the new way, like what's ever cool. Because a lot of these guys, even that's around my age, I don't remember them being good like that. I just don't. You know what I mean? And I didn't. And somebody like me didn't even play high school ball. But I don't even remember them being good like that. It wasn't until like they got older, to your point, and they went away to college, and maybe they came back, and they because they were playing so much and being seen, it's like now they get these titles. When it was like, hold on a second, like you know, you 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 wasn't yeah. around. You wasn't around back then. And like I said, that's when. Where was you at? Eighteen years old. Yeah. What was you at at 17 years yeah, old? you wasn't around. When we out there playing against the pros. We playing against the pros when you at at 17, 18. And we talking about real pros. And we talking about real pros. And I don't even lose sight of that because I know me playing in the pro and when I played is different. I mean, it's no comparison because you could take that year y'all was seniors at South Shore when it was at De La Salle. And I will never forget this day, man. It was the summer when uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony first of the month came out. And uh, uh-huh. I was at that game. My dad dropped me off, but I basically kicked it with you and Paul that whole day. Yeah. And I yep. remember yep. watching a young Stefan Marbury. I didn't even know who he was. Give Kiwan yep. Garris the business, man, to the point where they fouled him out. But who was on his team? KG. And who else played that day? Glenn Robinson. The yep. game before that, we saw Mark Aguirre been retired four or five years, give Dickie Simpkins 54 you know, Randy Brown played mm-hmm. that day. Tim Hardaway, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And these, Jawan Howard, these are guys. We're not talking about, you know, a league full of, like, overseas pros and then a couple, 
you know, NBA bench guys. No, we're talking about, like, main headline guys, Hall of Fame-type guys that was playing in this. But well, here go the thing, Zach. Let me throw this at you. Those guys played the program at 4, 5, 6 o'clock. Yep. But we were all together at, like, LeClaire Court yep. or Malcolm X yep. or UIC earlier that day yep. playing two-on-two, play on, playing five-on-five. You know, those guys were working out early during the day. And, again, I ask a lot of these guys in the city, at 17, 18 years old, man, how many of them gyms you were in with them pros? How many of them people were really in the gym with them pros or putting in work? Not even just in the gym, because I was be I would pop in and out like I would come hang out with you. But you weren't even allowed to play. So the fact that y'all was allowed you to even play, play. It's, it's just totally you different. You couldn't even play. You had to kind of earn that. You kind of had to sit there, watch, and learn. And then I remember a couple times if guys were tired, they'd be like, all right, come on, youngster, you can get out here and play a little bit. But for you guys to actually be out on the court and playing, and it's amazing because, you know, Ronnie Fields' name, I think, not, you know, was bigger than you and Paul's name like that. Yeah. But even yeah. Ronnie's name yeah. don't get talked about like that anymore like that. It's kind of like he's this myth- mythical figure, but I don't think people understand in the late 90s here in Chicago the kind of basketball we had and how you guys – at y'all age, was pioneering and was able to get out there on the court with real pros like Antoine Walker. You know, we laugh at Twan now, but Twan was that dude for Chicago basketball, man, a lot of ways. One of the best players, one, one of the, the best, best players, players ever to come out of Chicago. And I remember sitting there watching that, bro, man. It was just something to be said for all that. But, man, we can go on and on. I don't want to take too much of your time, man, but I just felt like it was needed to kind of lend – uh, you know, the discussion to this heart situation, man, because it's scary, bro. When I started to do the research leading up to this interview, just trying to get some background, how many high school players, college players, all races, male, female, whatever, had had actually died on the court? And there's no diagnosis going on. You know, I remember the sports physicals, and it still hasn't changed. The sports physicals are a joke. Nobody's monitoring the heart. Nobody's looking at this stuff, man. And you know, it's a very, very serious situation. And even with the Zeke Upshaw situation, you know, from what I, the information I obtained and what I saw, when the incident happened, the trainer comes out, and the trainer, to me, and I don't know if they eventually did or not, but initially it looked like the trainer didn't even know CPR. It didn't look like it was any ambulance there. Um, they took a lady to come out the crowd with a defibrillator to try to start doing some things. And, you know, just it was just amazing to watch in 2018 – you know, we worry about all this other stuff, but it seems like certain things with health or just common sense issues is still on the back burner. And then people are still losing their lives. And this happened to you, Joe, back in like 1999. Like this is almost 20 yeah. years ago. And we still had the same yeah. thing going, man. You know, it's just it's really it's really something. So I'm glad you was able to come on with me. I really appreciate you sharing that story, man. I didn't know that it had that 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 much detail to it, man. Um, I just want to say thanks again, and this will bring the, another episode of the Off the Glass podcast to a close. Thanks for your time, Joe. All right. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. 
We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just ten dollars, and buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through five one while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select eleven point eight ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just ten dollars, and buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through five one while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select eleven point eight ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.